Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. The three of us are back here in New York in the yeah. operative number. Great to be with you both. The operative number is three. Mitch Trubisky, fellas, started his first game last night since week three. Uh, he had three touchdowns, kind of surprising. Had three turnovers, not, not so surprising. surprising. <laughs> I want you to hear this from Matt Nagy. Two things. I want you to hear, I'm just going to recite Nagy's statement here, and you tell us if this tells you about a defeatist attitude. This is just one sentence. No. I just felt like they got after us the entire game from the first quarter until the very end. How much more time in the game could they possibly get after you from the first quarter until the very end? Mitchell Trubisky could be the end of his tenure in Chicago soon. Nick Foles, maybe next year as a backup, got a lot of money tied up in him still moving forward. As for Nagy's future, the coach addressed it. No, I'm not. I, I just think that right now with our team that, you know, this is the stuff through the, the season that you go through. And it's, it's about fighting adversity. It's about building cultures and staying together. Obviously, the last five weeks has been extremely difficult. It's not fun. Um, and, and because we all want to win, and we know that. A lot of coach speak there. I mean, it, did, it is. But he did, he did this to himself. Uh, there's no way in hell when you're 3-0 – regardless to what you feel about Mitch Trubisky as a starting quarterback that you should have ever turned to Nick Foles. I understand you vouched for Nick Foles. You went out and got Nick Foles in a trade, and you felt like you needed to justify that by going to him, even though Mitch Trubisky had you at 3-0 and at the time. 3-0. and Comeback mm-hmm. win against the Lions. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't, he wasn't Drew Brees, right? He wasn't Russell Wilson. He wasn't playing at that level, but you were 3-0. and there's no need to disrupt the team chemistry at that point in time. Had he all of a sudden lost two in a row in a couple turnovers in the two that you lost, now you look to Nick Foles. Because three games in in a season, if you wanted to play Nick Foles, you should have started him at the beginning of the year. Just because that was your intent to begin with. And if your intent was to play Nick Foles all along, you should have did it at the beginning of the season. Why disrupt the team at 3-0. and I'm going to give myself a Keyshawn Johnson moment, a little pat, pat on, on the, the back, back. here. Uh, <laughs> Key, remember after that Panthers game, everybody No, like, I don't remember. Yeah, I, oh, I remember, because I remember. Um, everybody's like, well, the Bears, I'm telling you, they're, they're going to be good. I'm like, all right, they're about to end up playing a lot of tough teams, and yep. their defense, it, it feels like their defense was so exceptional, it was keeping them involved in ball games. but obviously they had a lot of questions with the quarterback position. Obviously now losing five in a row. Look, man. It's, this team was never what exactly they were, Key. And it's interesting to me. Matt Nagy, all I've heard people talk about him be is a quarterback guru. Quarterback guru, right? Those are the words I heard to describe Matt Nagy. Not you, Key, but other people in our profession, experts. That's how he got the this job. This is what he was supposed to do, right? That's how he got the job. So I'm sitting there watching this, quarterback expert. Know. <laughs> you know, Nick Foles gets inserted into the lineup. Questions. You're not giving your quarterback that you drafted the extra attention that it's just it's an absolute disaster and mess. He he certainly dropped the ball on the quarterback situation. There's no question about it. And the reason that I say you don't turn to Nick Foles at three and zero because you were winning games. And whenever you win, it's hard as hell to win games in the National Football League. You only get sixteen of them. And you had three in your back pocket. Mm. So when you're looking at that. No matter how you're doing it, as ugly as the New England Patriots offense looked yesterday, guess what they, they did? They won. They won. They won. And they won. And 
they won. That's all that matters. Covers all the flaws. When you, when you look at what he did going to Nick Foles, it's like, okay, Nick Foles won a game for you. All right, but you've lost five in a row now. You lost five in a row. So with a hope and a prayer, you inserted Trubisky back into the lineup when he should have never been taken out, hoping that he could maybe ignite some energy into the offense. The offense was going to be the same as it's always been. But when you let the air out of the room by benching him to begin with, people on the team, other players on the defensive side, they see that. They see them quarterbacks in practice too. In practice is the easiest thing you've ever seen in the National Football League. Everybody's great in practice. So I'm sure Nick Foles was spitting that thing out and it was Mm. hitting everybody's in their hands and it was perfect. But then when you go to the games – you know who Nick Foles is. Nick Foles is a quarterback that can hold it down for a couple games, and that's it. He's that manageable guy for two or three games, get you over the hump if somebody gets hurt. But he's not the guy who you say, well, I'm benching Jay Will. I'm going to Nick Foles because he's better. Key, one of my friends that played AAU ball with, his mom would always say this when she saw somebody really tall who didn't play basketball. She'd be like, oh, you're kind of a waste of tall. No, right? big, like joking big for no reason. Right? A waste of tall, right? That's what I want to say about their defense. That's a waste of a great defense. I mean, granted, their defense is getting beaten down over this period of time, but if you had a serviceable quarterback, I mean, they could find themselves serviceable quarterback. You could find yourselves potentially in a wild card opportunity and a Super Bowl opportunity. No, no matter how great, no matter how great the defenses are in these leagues, if they on the field after straight three and outs and five and outs and interceptions, yeah. they're going to be deflated. Exactly. I mean, that's just what it is. If you think about how Chicago made it to the Super Bowl under Lovey Smith, the defense was lights out and they had a serviceable guy in Rex Ryan, uh, Rex Ryan, <laughs> Rex Grossman. <laughs> I said Rex Ryan, Rex Grossman, serviceable guy. Seemingly always been the plan in Chicago. That's right? the Great plan defense. in Chicago. That's their DNA. So why all of a sudden do you have to go to Nick Foles when the guy you had in Mitch Trubisky was just this serviceable guy? Let Goes me... back to justification. We went up to grab him at number two, we have to now try to justify who he is as a quarterback, so we're going to throw the ball all over the lot. No, just hand the ball off, run the ball, dink and dunk, and let your defense win the game. Pull a Baker Mayfield. Let me ask both of you guys this question, because you guys have been through the ringer of a season, a couple seasons. Quick thing for Mitch Trubisky. Next up is the Lions. The Lions are in turmoil. Uh, if there is one team, believe it or not, that Trubisky has actually played great against in his career. Lions! Dominated the Lions. I'm not sure what that means. Probably means nothing. But they are next. So if the Bears want to try to snap that five-game losing streak, it's actually the one opponent of the other 31 that Trubisky certainly wants to see. Help me understand this, whether it's basketball or football. On January 6, 2019, so just about two years ago, less than two years ago, all right, January 6, 2019. The Bears lost a playoff game to the Eagles on the infamous double doink field goal. You might remember that mm-hmm. essentially where boom, boom, Bears had the uh, hit at the upright, hit the crossbar, didn't go through and their season was shot. But the future was bright. Trubisky had gotten them through enough. They had this hot young coach. They had Khalil Mack as Jay's referenced the Bears defense. Don't worry about it. It's the first time we made the playoffs, I believe, in about eight years. They had not made the playoffs in eight years at that point. Things are looking up with the QB position. He'll get better because we got a QB whisperer, as Jay said, with Matt Nagy, and we got Khalil Mack. In less than two years, the building has imploded. Mm -hmm. How does that happen in less than two years? Because you go from January to September. That's a long time, right? That's a long time from January to September. The offseason. The offseason. 
So now you want to be smart and bright. And, oh, I could do this with him and I could do that. And Just do what you did that got you there the first time around. You don't need to reinvent the damn wheel. You know, oh, it's boring. These coaches are boring. They do the same things over and over. Yeah, Sean Payton wins a lot of games doing the same thing over and over. Bill Belichick wins a lot of games doing the same thing over and over. Bill Parcells, yes, he's stuck in the Stone Ages. He won a lot of games doing everything over and over. Sure. Just do the same thing that got you there. Why all of a sudden do you have to justify the number two pick because I'm an offensive so-called guru, expert, quarterback guy? You start listening to that, and they start listening to it. Remember, I've always told you, there's only a handful of good coaches in the National Football League. The rest of them dudes are trash, and I don't care what nobody say. There's a handful of of good coaches. The rest of them, get rid of them. Still to come. The Broncos got rid of them, but not by their own volition. A gigantic mile-high mistake the league is talking about this morning. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C, ebikes.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The stat line to remember for all the wrong reasons. One for nine, 13 yards, two picks, both quarterbacks combining to throw for 91 yards in an NFL game in 2020. Most of that was laid on the Broncos. Welcome back, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. You probably know the deal. Broncos quarterback Jeff Driscoll testing positive for the coronavirus on Thursday. His close contacts, quarterback Drew Locke, quarterback Brett Rippon, and the practice squad quarterback Blake Bortles were put into isolation because of their close contact being in and around the quarterback room with Driscoll. As for Drew Locke, the quote-unquote franchise quarterback, he did say yesterday an honest mistake, but one I will own. I sincerely apologize, and I fully understand why these safety precautions are so important. Doing the right thing for a majority of the time is not good enough. We should add the NFL investigated and found out that when the Broncos quarterbacks were asked about whether they were wearing a mask, they were initially not forthcoming, which is another reason Mm. many people believe the league said, okay, if you're going to lie to us after the fact, 
you're going to play this game. If you're wondering, the Broncos can't sign another quarterback and play him on Sunday. When you sign a guy, you got to wait about six days to make sure they can go through all the testing. With all of that said, let's bring in Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, spent a dozen years under center. Dio. And he joins us on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Dio, good morning. I just kind of set the scene there in this debacle for the Broncos. Who's to blame for all this? The, the Broncos quarterbacks. Uh, this one bothers me so much, Z, because, you know, as a young backup quarterback, you pray to God for the opportunity to get, in the field, get on the field in the NFL. Because a lot of times for backup quarterbacks, it's about, you know, catching a lucky break. Like, you just get the opportunity to get on the field. And you don't have any idea what one game can do for your career. I mean, imagine Matt Flynn. Remember years ago, Matt Flynn mm-hmm. got to play for the Green Bay Packers, and all of a sudden he got a ton of money because he balled out against the Lions, and he, he gets a huge free agent contract from the Seattle Seahawks. You don't know what one game can do. And all the time you're getting ready for that moment, for you just to catch your break. And now you don't get it, Brett Rippon. And now Blake Bortles, a guy that's trying to get back into the NFL, you don't get that break because you can't follow simple protocol. Like, you can't be an adult and do exactly what gets told to you by the NFL. And you did let your football team down. And you did let yourselves down because you couldn't do something that you thought wasn't that big a deal. Drew Locke, I'm supposed to give you the keys to my franchise. I'm supposed to believe that you can be a billion-dollar CEO and you can follow simple protocol. I don't care if you like it. I don't care. That's what is getting told for you to do by the people upstairs. And now you're gonna, you missed out on your opportunity to get on the field, Brett Rippon. And Blake Bortles trying to get back in the NFL, you missed out on your opportunity because you couldn't do that. And you can't go home now and tell your buddies or tell your girlfriend or tell your wife, I just needed a chance. I never got my chance. Yeah, you did. You had your chance. I don't care how the opportunity presented itself. You had your opportunity and you blew it because you couldn't follow simple guidelines and that's on them. And I feel bad for the Broncos as an organization that now this brings the biggest question to mind for me when it comes to Drew Locke. How can I trust you with my franchise when I can't trust you to do things that you don't want to do? And so I feel bad for them as an organization, but that's on those players. They completely failed. Those quarterbacks completely failed their organization, and they failed themselves. Dan, someone that did not let their team down yesterday is Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what, how could the <laughs> Buccaneers allow him to just go nuts yeah. like that on them? Yeah, Key, it's a great point, man. I, I think the Buccaneers, it's really been – highlighted on their offensive side this year, but the Buccaneers right now are the team that we're going to do what we do. We're, we're, we're just, this is who we are. We're going to play man coverage. Just because you sh- can doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Like just because you're a good man coverage team doesn't mean that you should do it against Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And that's what just showed up early on in that game. It was like the Buccaneers were said, you know, you know what? No, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to be who we are. And we're going, to be, we're going to do what we do on defense, and that's play in-your-face man coverage, not against Tyreek Hill. You don't do that. We all know that, Key. You and I have sat there on the NFL Live set and said, don't play man coverage against these guys. They're too good. And the fact that the Bucks came out yesterday, especially in that first quarter, and did that um, is the reason that one of the big reasons why they lost that football game. It, it, it's puzzling because the NFL is such a copycat league that one of the things that I've always learned is I'm just going to somewhat take what the Raiders have been able to do to them over the last two games and implement that into my defensive scheme because I got that package somewhere. 
I got it. I can play yeah. the same way the Raiders play, but whatever, man. So now we got Jalen Hurts taking first-team reps in Philadelphia, Dan. Carson Wentz is kind of put on notice. Doesn't mean a whole lot to me that a backup is taking first-team reps. What do you make of it? Yeah, I, I, my thoughts are that the organization has a differing opinion on what should happen because I think that if the organization saw the situation and the players the same way, because of the immense struggles that this offense and Carson Wentz are having so far, everyone would go, well, let's listen, it's time for Jalen Hurts. We drafted him in the second round. And I understand they drafted him to be a developmental player, but they also drafted him in the second round. And so this would be the time and this would be the moment to go, okay, it's going to be the Jalen Hurts show. And we're going to give Carson Wentz a week on the bench or we're going to see what we have moving forward, no matter if we win this division or not this year. But the fact that it's just, hey, we're going to give him a little bit more reps means that, or at least it tells me that there's a differing opinion in in the organization. Maybe the general manager has one viewpoint and head coach has another viewpoint, or the owner has one viewpoint and the team has a different viewpoint. Now, that being said, I don't expect this to be a, hey, Jalen Hurts got 25 snaps at quarterback situation. I think that this is going to be something where very specific third down package this offense has been absolutely dreadful on third down so a very different third or specific third down package maybe in the red zone where you know third and three or less Jalen Hurts comes on the field Carson Wentz come off the field now we can play 11 on 11 football or down in the red zone where we can get plus one in the quarterback run game again the opportunity to play 11 on 11 football but I will say this and I know this is a little off topic but the Daniel Jones injury you know with the Giants Now everybody in Philadelphia is on the clock. Like, if you can't win the division this year with Daniel Jones now hurt for we'll see how long, and, you know, the, the, the Washington football team with their quarterback situation, Dwayne Haskins not playing and Kyle Allen getting hurt and now Alex Smith playing and then the Cowboys, we all know, if you can't win the division this year, you're on the clock because now everything has been served on a platter to you. Dan, I know you told us what you think the Eagles would do. What would you do if you have full autonomy? How would you handle the Carson Wentz, Jalen Hurts situation? Yeah, there'd be no question Carson Wentz would be my starter, and I'd get him to play really good football. I think that Carson Wentz still has, is a, is a high-level talent in this league. I, and I said this last week, Jay, I think there's two really kind of groupings of quarterbacks in the NFL. There's thinkers and there's reactors. Some of the thinkers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, I think Dak Prescott is one of the better thinkers in the NFL. And then there's reactors, and I think Carson Wentz is a reactor. And there's some guys that are both. He's a really much, um, very much so a thinker before the snap, but he's a reactor after the snap. I wouldn't sit him in the pocket a lot. I'd get him on the move a ton, somewhat like the, the Tennessee Titans do with Ryan Tannehill. And I'd let his athleticism kind of marry that football team. And if you watch the game over the last two or three weeks for Carson Wentz, you can, I, I can see that there is the overwhelming evidence that he is scared to make mistakes right now. That you, you can almost see the little angel and the devil kind of sitting on his shoulder going, don't turn the ball over, don't be risky with the football, just take the check down. Well, that forces you to play cautious football. That forces you to take a quarterback's stinger away. I would get him on the move a ton. I'd create a quick passing game that created easier throws. I'd get my guys out in space, Miles Sanders. I'd use Jalen Rager completely differently. I think Jalen Rager is a... a true wide receiver in the NFL, not a gimmick or a gadget wide receiver. I would never sit him in the pocket, especially in an offensive line that's been absolutely decimated by injury. So you can't coach talent. I know that at that position, and he still has a ton of it. 
Indeed. Carson Wentz, a reactor. It could be a nuclear reactor because fans in Philly are about to go nuclear if this thing blows up for sure. Last thing, our show began on August 17th, and the single biggest moment from a social media perspective on the show, hands down, is this from Dan Orlovsky. A couple of months ago, what you're about to hear was seen over one million times on our Twitter feed. Over (laughs) one million times this has been viewed. This is Dan ripping Matt Patricia for essentially saying when he walked into Detroit, he had a lot of work to do to clean up the previous mess. How does Dan know? Of course, he was there. Listen to this. To come in and say that you had a lot of work to do is completely false. It's a bunch of trash because that wasn't the case in Detroit. We were a good football team. Matthew Stafford was playing as good as he has in his career. That was because of Coach Caldwell. And we were an organization that was ascending. He was building. And you know what? another thing, Z? The culture was amazing. The culture was was fantastic. So you had a winning record in three or four of your years. The culture was great. Your quarterback was playing really good football. So for him to come in and say that there was a lot of work to have done is a bunch of trash. Second of all, you know what Coach Caldwell wasn't? A finger pointer. It, and it's wrong. It's false. And for him to come to go <laughs> say that after being 10 and 25, to say that, to go, well, you know what? Before I got here, it was bad. Wasn't me. Here's the thing, Coach. No, it wasn't. So make that one million wow. and one views. It continues to tick up. Uh, so here's the deal. They fired him and general manager Bob Quinn over the weekend, Jim Caldwell, his predecessor, Dan, 36-28, and 28, three winning seasons, two playoff appearances. Matt Patricia, 13-29-1, and 29 and one, zero playoff appearances. What does the organization do next? Now, now the organization has a lot of work to do. That's an accurate statement right now because in three years, what was trending to becoming a consistent winner has been torn down. Uh, what do they do next? I'd say this, Z, the first – And I think the next real move is making their decision on Matthew Stafford. And uh, Matthew's a friend of mine, and I don't say these words lightly. I think it's time to move on from Matthew Stafford. I think that's justifiable on both parties because the Lions are not just, hey, let's hire a coach and see if we can fix this away. Because Matthew's going into, I believe, which is going to be his 13th season, maybe his 14th season. It did not work in Detroit. And so they've got to make the decision to move on from Matthew Stafford, trade him, and build for the future because it is now a rebuild. Because everybody that's on that football team player-wise, player-wise is very much custom fit for what Matt Patricia wanted to do. So I think that's the next real decision that the Lions organization needs to make. The second thing is this. Don't fall in love with just an exit as an O's guy. I know everybody wants Sean McVay. He's a unicorn. You better go find a leader. Someone that has foresight, someone that understands that city, someone un- that understands the, the frustration of that city, and someone that can organize and galvanize and distribute, distribute responsibility. And the head coach has got to bring somebody that's got great X's and O's. Offensively, we are in an era of football that you need to be outstanding at it. So hire somebody that has foresight at that position. They've got to bring an offensive-minded or, or a great offensive-minded offensive coordinator with them. Obviously, a good defensive coordinator, but it needs to be a rebuild mode, and that's where the Lions are. Indeed. A dozen seasons in the league next year will be year 13 somewhere, whether it's Detroit or elsewhere. Dan, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, First guys. Up, All right, Dan.
Key, I, just for one minute, I got to wow. get your opinion on Stafford. Also, big story percolating in Detroit. Rumors are rumors. Hey, there is a uh, college coach in Ann Arbor that's proven himself to be a really good coach in the NFL. You can connect the dots there if you want. A lot of people in Detroit are talking about that. That may be fantasy. Uh, but would you move on from Stafford? I probably would um, because he has some value for somebody out there. And, you know, we don't need to be trying to get a top five pick and all that unnecessary nonsense. But get some value for him, depending on what the salary cap hit is. Um and then move on and rebuild the whole entire situation. Because much like Dan said, what has happened is Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn made a decision to build a team a certain way. And and now the new head coach and the new front office have to come in and see what players could fit the system that they will employ now. And, and, and if Matt's part of it, then great. And if not, then we can move on from it. Indeed, we're moving on from last place to first place in a division in a span of three weeks. And boy, does Key like reminding me of that. That's coming up after SportsCenter. Second down and eight. Toss, fake to Jones. Rolling left, Rodgers. Winds up, rainbows. Tunyon out there. Touchdown! And a rainbow down the middle to Robert Tunyon. They beat Eddie Jackson, the all-pro in the deep secondary. Guys, that touchdown to Robert Tanya made Aaron Rodgers the 11th QB in NFL history to pass for more than 50,000 yards. The second fastest to do it, only behind Ben Roethlisberger. How about those numbers on 620 WTMJ? Slight diversion. That's Wayne Larravee, the voice of the Packers. He was also the voice of the Bulls. So he got to watch Michael and Aaron Rodgers in their primes. That's a pretty good gig. Packers roll 41-25. Bears have lost five in a row. The last team to start 5-1 and one and lose five in a row like the Bears have? you got to go back to 1967. It's been a while. Initial reports. Daniel Jones, hamstring injury that had him uh, out of the game uh, yesterday for Jays Giants. Jays watching it right now. Really can't stand to see it here on ESPN News. Quote-unquote, pretty bad. We'll get the MRI, get the official word today. But Jay has to be. Impressed with the fact that despite having no Barkley and having no Daniel Jones, it was a strip sack on defense that ended up winning the game, which is essentially terrific. We'll we see beat the Bengals without Joe Burrow. Let's <laughs> be serious here, okay? But it's your third win, win in a, a row. Win is a I win, know, man. I know. Third win in a row. The Giants haven't won three in a row since 2016. That just sounds unbelievable. That's not a surprise. Yeah. Washington football team's coming. Yep. We'll see what happens. Seattle on the way now, too. We'll see what happens for the Giants for them. And uh, speaking of the Giants division, of course, we have the NFC East. Giants got Seattle next week. Seattle's got Philly tonight. Jalen Hurts taking some first-team snaps ahead of Monday Night Football, according to our Eagles reporter, Tim McManus. This, of course, all because of the massive struggles induced by Carson Wentz this season, though Doug Peterson did say that Wentz is going to start tonight. Sports Center brought to you by Shell. Get more time to listen to our show by going to Shell and getting three things done at once. First, fill up with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus. Then save up with the Fuel Rewards Program. Finally, snack up to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. They're certainly in the conversation. They've played their way into it. Key Observations is brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Science at Bengals. Well, first of all, the key observation is the Giants won the football game. I know, I know Danny Dimes got injured with the hamstring. Colt McCoy came in there. 
But this team had no quitting them all year long. Joe Judge is the best coach within this division as of right now. And when you look at it, Jason Garrett is there on the sideline kind of teaching him how to become a head coach in the mm-hmm. National Football League. The team's playing for him. The, you, you, you can't complain about the way they've played. I've said it along, along the way, Z, at 1-7. The only team that has beaten them that made you scratch your head about how they beat them was the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Cardinals at Patriots. Well, this game, as I said before, I knew going into this game, Bill Belichick would have his defense ready for Kyler Murray in the game. Ugly win. They won the game. Statistics wasn't great. Cam Newton didn't play like a first-round MVP-type quarterback, but a win is a win is a win. All that matters is we're stacking up wins, and we're getting them. And I know a lot of people think from a controversial standpoint, the runner of the ball and Cam Newton taking a vicious hit, that 15-yard penalty gave them the opportunity to win. Don't hit him in the head. I don't care if he's outside the pocket or in the pocket. You don't hit a guy in the head. Titans at Colts. Big boy. I mean, it, you, you got to just marvel over Derrick Henry. Not getting a lot of buzz for the MVP conversation, but he's certainly leading the charge in Tennessee. Has them rebounding after they struggled a little bit midseason, kind of just teetered along, lost a couple questionable games. But when you got a back like that in the backfield doing the things that he's doing, it's ridiculous. But he's got to get 2,500 yards and 45 touchdowns to really be inserted into the MVP conversation, which means it's not going to happen this year. 49ers at Rams. Here's another stinker for you. The Rams and Jared Goff, 49ers. It's just a bad matchup for the Rams. Sean McVay against Kyle Shanahan, both of them work together in Washington. They know each other. But for whatever reason, the 49ers within this division, they got the Rams number. They're the only team that has the Rams number in the division. I mean, Seattle and the Rams back and forward. The Rams pretty much own Arizona to a degree. But when you look at it, they're 3-5 and five against the 49ers since Sean McVay has taken over 11-2 and two against the rest of the NFC West. In the rest of the NFL, they're 28-13. Four straight losses to the 49ers. Here now, the fake and the throw. Mack across the middle. Touchdown, Alabama, John Mechie. John Mechie. Alabama leads 13 to nothing. I know I dare say this, but Alabama was Alabama whether Nick Saban was on the sidelines or not. Mm. How about Steve Saban Sarkeesian, huh? No, they did a good job. Nick Saban, <laughs> Nick Saban put the team together. There's no question about it. But that just goes to show you when you recruit and you have dominant players and you put an organization in place and everybody knows exactly if I'm there, this is what you do. And if I'm not there, this is what you do. And they put things together. And they executed it just like that. You know, they went out there against a rival and took care of business despite the most dominant head coach in college football not being on the sidelines. It's well said. They dominated, took Auburn to the woodshed. And one thing I just want to mention, not only did they not have Nick Saban, but on most teams in college football, it's hard to remember this because a million things have happened since this happened, but they lost Jalen Waddell, arguably their most talented player on the opening kickoff against Tennessee and lost him for the rest of the season. So the fact that they've been able to be dominant without him – the fact that the quarterback is up for the Heisman without his best wide receiver and they could win a game without the best coach in the modern era of the game says something. Ah, who needs Nick Saban? You got Sarkeesian. <laughs> Jay, what do you think about his observations? You want to go college or pro? Yeah, I, I love them all. I, I think the one that I would say just staying in college football is how amazing is it that in an era of COVID in 2020, we could have Ohio State 
in the CFP, in the CFP college football playoffs. Mm-hmm. They could be there, but could not be in the Big Ten championship if they don't qualify getting six games. Like that, that's where we are. It's going to be interesting to see how the Big Ten handles this if they decide to stay true to what they determined beforehand about saying, hey, six games you have to play in order to qualify for a Big Ten championship. I don't know why they put an arbitrary number on that to begin with in a season that is full of unknown. So I don't know why have, they would do that. So you have to play, not necessarily win. Just play those six games. Yes. You have so to play who six. would, I mean, like, who would replace them, though? So Indiana. That's fine. Indiana it could be in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. That's fine. Or I'm okay Island. with that. One thing we should mention, okay we'll dig into that. this with Heather Dinich in just about 30 minutes. And Jay did say right now the Big Ten did put a, a rule in place in October that essentially said it has to be six games. However, they have softened on that just a little bit. There is a little have. wiggle room to allow a team that has not played six games to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. And if you're wondering how they could do that, we'll talk about that in 30 minutes. I'll give you the entire rundown before we talk to the college football playoff insider, Heather Dinich. So if you're a Buckeye fan, you got Michigan, Michigan State left, you're wondering whether you can go. Ryan Day got the coronavirus. He's saying they won't be on the practice field till Thursday. They play Saturday. There's a little, little bit of wiggle room on that six number, and we'll tell you about that. Well, in just who was a that Z? And I know you got it in your in your nugget up there. Um, that played in the national championship game and didn't play didn't play in their conference championship. Uh, Alabama while, was it? Al- yeah, Alabama. It's Alabama. So it does happen. Alabama did it, Jay. In Alabama, did play in the SEC championship. And played in the national championship. In a full so, season. In, in, in a, a full, full in a regular season. No, I get it. Yeah. I get it, but it does happen. I just remember I said this at the beginning of the year when we had Justin Fields on one of our first shows. I just said, I would be shocked if the Big Ten found a way not to put Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. What's more important, though? No, I understand. No, I'm asking College football you, what, playoffs. I mean, winning a national yeah, championship like, is obviously like, more okay, important. Okay, I'm but what's fine it, with that. But what's important for the conference, too, in ratings? Yeah, but, I, if I, but, if I'm, but if I'm Ohio State and I'm not playing the Big Ten Championship, but I'm playing in the Final Four, right. all good. We should mention one quick note to Key's point. There are no restrictions on how many games you have to play to be in the CFP. The Big Ten is mandating six games, five games, but the college football playoff is saying if we deem you to be one of the best four teams, yeah, you're in. we don't care how many games you played. If you pass our eye test, you're in. It just seems like for a conference that got started so late, and then all of a sudden you say six games, why would you do that? No doubt. October 23rd was the first game. On the way, again, how do you get below 6, 8, 10? Be with us. On the way, history was made by one college program who then made their coach history. History made by one college program and then the coach, history. See ya. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
And from A to Z, rolls on with a very interesting uh. story at the top, Jay providing the soundtrack. Uh. Sarah Fuller, you heard me right, Sarah Fuller, becoming the first woman in college football history to play in a Power 5 conference game. Vanderbilt was just absolutely decimated at the kicker position, at many positions, actually. She came in there and kicked, if you're wondering, she's one of the best players on Vanderbilt's soccer team, which is an outstanding SEC soccer team. She makes history. Congratulations to her. She said, it's great for all the girls out there that watched me do it on Saturday. Put your mind to it. You can do it. Here's Sarah on if she plans to stay the rest of the way. I talked with Fitz uh, during the game, actually, and he was our, my special teams coach. And um, he was like, we'd love to have you stick around. And um, I would love to continue learning and uh, refine my kicks and everything. Uh, this morning, I plan on going to the meetings and uh, learning. I asked for some film on some NFL kickers uh, to, that are comparable to how I kick um, so I can refine that. And I'll stay around as long as they want me till they kick me off. So I'm here for the long run. Yeah, great stuff. We should mention, though, the only downer to this story has nothing to do Don't with do Sarah. It. Don't do it. Vanderbilt head coach Derek Mason was fired after the game. Well, I mean, they lost was, 41 to 0. They probably was fired before he probably was fired before the game. They tough just job, said, man, tough job. Yeah, they to probably just said, "We you know, we know you got some issues, but we got to part ways with you, but she's going to be the best kicker in the history of Vandy when it's all over." Yes, indeed, because remember right now, it's strange she had the kickoff, but because Jay said they lost 41 nothing, no extra points, no field goal, <laughs> nothing really went down, but great for her man, to that's put herself a job. I, you know, when books. you think about these jobs and stuff for coaches, that's a job that if if I see that area code in Vandy, I don't care what school I'm at, I'm gonna look at that thing. You're like, no, nah, I'm cool. Because <laughs> you, you can't win at Vandy. Only James Franklin has done it. I mean, in the modern era, really. It's just it's you know, too Bobby hard. Bobby Johnson was okay for a minute, but yeah, it's really, too just hard. James. Hard, like James it's Franklin. hard. Can you can you imagine if you're a Sarah? You're like, please, just get into field goal range. <laughs> give just me give shot. me a chance, please. <laughs> But it's great that she's going to continue on to the program. She says she'll be at meetings. Uh, the Jets need to get with the program. Uh-oh, it's probably uh-oh. a little bit too late here. Uh, they're 11-game skid now, the second longest in team history. By the way, they played the Dolphins. And I love the Dolphins. They're on the way up. The Dolphins are not world beaters. In two games against the Dolphins this year, the Jets have scored three points. Just wanted to throw that out. Uh, Adam Gase, listening to this back and forth. For those of you that live outside of the tri-state area, this is what they mean about the New York media. Adam Gase jousting on the play calling. Adam, why did you take over the play calling? I didn't take over. We did this. We've done the same thing in the last four games. We, we were watching Dowell for the whole game. He wasn't doing anything. And he was just <laughs> standing there. He, he tells me it's not hard. This is not hard. We go through it. The drive before. Hey, these are the three plays. I do the third downs. So what happens after the three plays when you have a series? Because we were watching one where Dow was talking to Frank Pollock. He wasn't calling the plays. You were. What part of the game was it? I want to say that was the third. Yeah, when we got down, then I, I was trying to do some of the two-minute stuff. Dowell is Coach Loggins, by the way. For those of you that don't know, the Jets backwards and forwards. Essentially, the guy that many thought was calling the plays, Gay saying, I wasn't, I was. Nobody knows what's going on here. Key, what do you make of this as a former Jet? Well, it's not even necessarily a former Jet because I think he shouldn't have been hired to begin with, right? But I just, I I don't, like, I don't know. I do know, but I don't understand. What goes through the minds of the individuals help making the decisions to hire this dude? or any coach for that matter. 
When you're sitting down and I'm hiring the CEO to run the situation in a company, I'm going to be asking him certain stuff. Let it out, Key. Why in the hell would you hire him to begin with? Let it out. Like he's sitting up there getting caught in a lie. Well, I actually did two minutes, but uh, hold on, bruh. One minute you said you wasn't calling the plays. The next minute you're only doing third downs. Then the next minute you're doing two minutes. When the, <laughs> the reporter calls, well, I saw a coach talking to somebody else when the play was being called. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> now, what? I mean, that's, that is hilarious. It's not hard, Keith. It's, it's not hard. It's not hard. In two-minute situation, but in most offenses that I've been in, mm. we call the two-minute, the quarterback, because it's moving so fast. All you do is get a signal from the sideline, and you call it. You don't look at the call sheet. You say you, you, you're moving. Everything is on the run. So they're going to give you a four, a two, a three. You know we're in two-minute. What a two means, what a three means, you just know. And so, I, I don't know. I, how could he – I, work- I, I, I love Peyton Manning to death. I love him. One of my good buddies in this league. I don't know how he put his name to that. Mm. I just don't know how Peyton was able. I, I don't know. Endorsing Gacers. How, yeah. how did you put your name to that? And I know Peyton and Archie and them sit back at home and they go look at each other. At Thanksgiving, they probably was looking at each other going, you really signed off on that dude? Mm. I mean, like, come on. I've worked through so many emotions with Adam Gase. Like, I'm over being angry at Adam Gase now. Like, this is who he is. That's why I said, for me, the most entertaining times on Sundays are watching the post-presser with those individuals. Matt Nagy, him. I mean, you're just going to get the best form of entertainment. And now, just triple down. Just stay with him. I mean, I don't want to change things up. I don't want to win the game. Stay in the Trevor Lawrence race. Stay in it. Let him keep blundering games. Go 0-16, however the hell you want to phrase it, <laughs> and just get to the prize at the end of the road. Whatever that prize is, hopefully he will not be around to see he that can't prize be, unwrapped. He can't be. There's no way. Man, some of the Wait. weirdest things have gone on in the National Football League in terms of retaining Ooh. coaches and hiring coaches. So, Can we go back to something we talked about at the break? Can we just let it out? What's that? You and I were just talking about the fact that you know all these coaches – Yes. And you said a lot. You look, there are five or six good coaches in the league. Yeah, there's a handful of, other... of them. The rest of them bums. Let's talk about why they get hired. Because it's yeah. nepotism. Exactly. It's friends. It's people. Exactly. You, you look at the Bob Quinn situation. He hired Matt Patricia after well-documented. Coach Caldwell comes off a 9-7 and seven season. Mm-hmm. After a 9-7 and seven season and a team going to the playoffs the two years previously, then you hire him because – Y'all used to drink coffee in the lounge together in New England. Boom. Oh, Zubin, when I get hired, I'm bringing you on as my capologist. Boom. Like, you don't do that. You hire the people best fit for that. Bob Quinn went on to talk about they needed a leader who could beat the good teams in this league because Coach Caldwell surely can't. No. Like, what? And they certainly weren't one of the good teams in the league. At 13-29-1, he's done. We're presented by Progressive Jeez. Insurance. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance mad. line, including Heather Dinich, to talk college football coming up at 8-10 Eastern. We are also brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk limitations and exclusions apply. We should mention it was a game for the ages for Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. But the real story yesterday, is it possible that Brady and Belichick are both sitting home? 
for the playoffs. We'll chat about it. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 